Welcome back to Good Money Habits. This is episode three and my name is Julia Shortinghouse. For those of you who have been working through the foundation series with me, I hope you got some value out of the last episode where we looked at values and goal setting and budgeting. One tip I do have is if you're doing work on those areas, that in the weeks to come, you do go back in and check in on that episode just to reinforce some of those processes that you're trying to put in place at the moment. So today we're going to start to explore why personal insurances matter, which is the second topic in this foundation series. So I'm going to begin by talking through the different types of insurances, the ways in which you can own them, and include some tips on how to potentially make the insurance premiums more affordable. And then to finish off, um, I want to share with you a very personal story of a close friend of mine which I feel will help to put some of the learnings into context. It's important to understand that today's episode is of general nature and doesn't take into account your personal objectives, financial situation or needs and therefore may not be appropriate. So let's begin with the different types of personal insurances and the basics around how you can own them. It's important to note here that I'm not talking about general insurances, things like car, house and contents, but I'm talking about personal insurances. Um, insurances to protect your income, your own life and in so doing, your family. I guess an observation in, is that it's always struck me that most people wouldn't dream of not insuring their car, house or contents, but incredibly, many don't insure what I think is perhaps the most valuable asset of all being your own life and, and income. I recently did a little bit of research on this and according to a 2017 report from the Association of Superannuation Funds of Australia, the median level of life cover in Australia only meets 37% of the needs of families with children, which would indicate that we have an underinsurance problem here in this country. So why is that then? I've been having a think about this and there's two things I can potentially think of. One is that because us Aussies are generally optimistic people, which is you know, naturally not a bad trait to have, I'd say it's a good trait, but perhaps it does lead us to underestimate the potential risks we may face in the future. And I guess with coronavirus at the moment, that's a bit of a wake up call for a lot of people in relation to that, that one. The other factor may be that many people may assume that where they have insurances and in super, that they automatically have enough, even though that's often unlikely to be true. So my first tip for today is um, to go away and do some research. If you do have personal insurances, what types do you currently have in place? How are they owned? And how much do you have? And how much are they costing you? Okay, so let's go through the different types of insurances. There's four that I'm going to cover, with the first one being life cover, which is also called term life insurance or death cover. So this one's fairly obvious. Um, this type of cover will pay a lump sum amount of money if you die. In that event, the money then goes to the people you have nominated as beneficiaries on your life insurance policy. If you own it inside of superannuation and you haven't named a beneficiary, then the superannuation trustee or your estate will then have to decide where the money goes. In terms of ownership, life cover can be owned inside or outside of super. And later on, I'm gonna talk through some of the pros and cons of owning some of these insurances through superannuation. 
So the second type of insurance is TPD, or Total and Permanent Disablement Insurance, where if you become totally and permanently disabled because of illness or injury, this insurance will pay you a lump sum. Now, it's important to understand that each insurer will have a different definition of what it means to be totally and permanently disabled. Essentially, there are two types of cover. One is covering for your own occupation. So if you're unable to work again in the job you were working in before your disability, the, or the job that you applied for when you put the insurance, the, the job you had when you put the insurance in place. So this cover is more expensive and is usually only available outside of super. The second type is any occupation. If you're unable to ever work again, in any job suited to your education, training or experience is the usual definition for that. This type of cover is generally cheaper but does have a higher threshold to claim, so therefore it may be less likely to pay out. So it's important to take the time to read the PDS or the product disclosure statement so that you know how your insurer defines a total and permanent disability because it does vary. If you're unsure, if you've got any questions, speak to your financial planner, call your insurer, call your super fund and ask. The third type of insurance I want to talk through is income protection, which is designed to protect you if you're unable to work, especially if you're sick or injured. So income protection insurance will pay part of your income if you're unable to work and in so doing helps to pay the bills so you can do what's important and that's focus on your health and getting better. Income protection insurance pays up to 85%, although most commonly 75% of your before tax income for a specified period of time if you're unable to work because of sickness or injury, often referred to as partial or total disability. By now you're picking up the theme or the trend that each income protection policy will have its own definition of partial or total disability that must be met um, before a claim um, will be made. So again, um, check the PDS, check the pod, uh, product disclosure statement um, for any definitions or exclusions. So income protection can be owned inside or outside of super. Where it's owned externally, the good news is that the premiums are tax deductible, so it's quite tax efficient. But what types of insurance can you own inside super then? Super funds typically offer three types of insurance for their members, being life cover, TPD insurance and income protection, also called salary continuance cover. So within, in Australia, many super funds will automatically provide you with life cover and TPD insurance, and some will also automatically provide income protection insurance. So that's definitely worth having a look into. But what are some of the pros and cons that you need to consider when deciding whether to own via super or not? According to the ASIC Money Smart website, the main pros are as follows. Owning these insurances through super may give you access to premiums that are cheaper as the super fund can buy insurance policies in bulk. The second pro is that it can assist with your cash flow if affordability is an issue. That's because insurance premiums are automatically deducted from your superannuation balance and can therefore assist with your external cash flow if that's tight and make it more affordable. So most super funds will accept what's called a default level of cover without the need for medical checks or health checks. That can be useful if you work in, for example, a high risk job or you might have a 
health condition, a pre-existing condition um, that may preclude you or make it difficult to get insurance outside of super. Another advantage is that you can usually increase the amount of cover above the default level, but in that case, you'll generally have to answer questions about your medical history and go and have a medical check as well. And last but not least, um, it can be tax effective to um, own some of these insurances through superannuation. And that's because the contributions you make to your super, be they your superannuation guarantee or salary sacrifice contributions, for example, are taxed at 15%, which is generally lower than the marginal rate of tax for most people outside of super. Thus, making paying for your insurance through super quite tax effective for a lot of people. So what are some of the cons? Um, TPD insurance and super usually ends at age 65 and, and life cover usually ends at age 70. Whereas outside of super, cover generally continues as long as you pay the premiums. Um, before I was talking about any occupation and your, your own occupation, um, if you own TPD insurance inside superannuation, it can only be in any occupation definition in that instance. Another con is that uh, the amount of cover that you can get in super uh, may be lower than the cover that you can get externally. Um, default insurance through super also isn't necessarily specific to your circumstances and there may be some eligibility requirements that apply. Now, if you change super funds, if your contributions stop or your super account becomes inactive, you need to take particular care because your cover in those instances could end with the result being that you could end up with no insurance. I'm gonna to touch on that in the real world example when I get to my girlfriend's story at, towards the end of this podcast, so I will come back to it. But I do want to emphasize the importance of this and Money Smart also warns to be aware of cancellation of insurance where you have an inactive or low balance super account. Now, this is due to a fairly recent amendment to the law where super funds will cancel insurance on inactive super accounts that haven't received contributions for at least 16 months. In addition, super funds may also have their own rules that require the cancellation of insurance on super accounts where the balances are too low. So please pay attention to any communications you receive from your super fund because they will contact you if your insurance is about to end. In that instance, it's really important that if you want to keep that insurance, you need to tell your super fund or contribute to your super account. So the last major con or negative that I want to touch on that I feel is very important is that because insurance premiums are deducted from your super balance, owning it in this way does reduce your savings for retirement, which is the primary purpose of superannuation in the first place. This. Um, there are, however, strategies that can be employed to mitigate for that, that we'll touch on when we get into the deeper dive podcast series later on. So there are three of the types that I wanna cover. The fourth and last one I wanna cover is called trauma insurance, sometimes known as critical illness or recovery insurance, which pays a lump sum amount if you suffer a critical illness or serious injury. For example, it could be things like cancer, a heart condition, a major head injury or a stroke, for example. Once again, you're getting the theme, what's actually covered under a trauma insurance policy and the medical definitions can be uh, different between insurers and between policies. So 
as with the other insurance types, please read the PDS, read the product disclosure statement um, and, and take it from there. So in terms of ownership, trauma insurance is owned outside of super and the premiums are not tax deductible. Okay, so that covers off the different types of insurances. What I want to turn to now is something that's quite a bit more nuanced um, in, in this area and that is how much do you need of each? When we're trying to determine or calculate the level of cover that someone needs, we're essentially endeavouring to try to determine how much is needed so that life, apart from the health event, can continue on largely as is, financially at least. This then needs to be balanced off against affordability and potential trade-offs and decisions about what's important will probably need to be made. So please don't think of this as an all or nothing proposition if the ideal level of cover is not affordable for you. I think of it this way, some cover is always better than none. Now you may recall that I mentioned in the first episode that we do have a very complex financial system here in Australia and whilst on the surface today's topic might appear quite forward and clear cut, um, in actual fact it's anything but. Unfortunately, unless you've got a pretty good understanding of the potential pitfalls as well as the opportunities around structuring insurances, it can be a bit of a minefield to navigate on your own. And it is for that reason that for the majority of people, I would encourage you to seek some advice. Think of it this way. You pay premiums for a very long time once they're in place, so it makes sense to get help and get guidance to figure out things like which insurer is best for you and your particular occupation, what options are going to fit with your preferences, things like should you have stepped or level premiums. There's some good um, definitions of what those things mean on the Money Smart website if you want to go and have a look at that. Um, also getting assistance to, to, to determine what amounts of cover you need. It's actually quite a complex calculation to do that properly. Um, and one example of that is when you're calculating the need for total and permanent disablement cover, you need to factor in inflation when calculating what amount that person might need to cover the increased cost of living over time. Um, also getting advice on what ownership structure makes sense for your circumstances and for tax effectiveness and how to get the best combination of it all to fit together within your budget and your personal situation. Um, the other thing to understand too is that your insurance needs will change over time. For ex one example of that is if you pay down your mortgage and your, and your debts reduce and that's where a financial planner can help you make those adjustments over time and, and keep a lid on those premiums which unless you've got level cover are going to go up over time. And the, the other reason that I think it's, it's worth having an advisor in this area is that in the event that you do ever need to make a claim, financial planners are skilled and experienced at working with the insurers um, to help facilitate that process. So I hope that helps, um, giving you an understanding of the different types and some of the things that you need to consider. I'm going to just change tack a little bit. Um, and, and share with you my girlfriend's story. So I recently um, interviewed my close friend and peer, Trish Prince, for an article that the West Australian recently published. Um, and very fortunate that Trish has given me permission to share her, her personal story for this podcast, which I feel will help to put some of the learnings into context 
um, and I guess demonstrate how this can play out in real life. So I've worked alongside Trish as a uh, financial planning peer for more than 10 years and I've witnessed on countless occasions her technical expertise and her passion to help her clients. When Trish was in her early 20s, her father tragically lost a long battle with cancer, during which she witnessed firsthand the financial stress and worries that come with not having insurances. And she has shared with me that that was an experience that did shape her future career because it had such an experience on a, a, a big impact on her at such a young age. And that experience at that young age highlighted how being uninsured, as Trish likes to describe it, can impede the ability to fight the health event itself. Now, little did any of us know that the very things that Trish was protecting her clients from was about to be the very thing that she and her family would also now need protection from. In 2017, Trish and her young daughter tragically lost their husband and father, Michael, at the too young age of 45 to melanoma. At age 44, not long after participating in the ride to uh, conquer cancer with his work colleagues, Michael got his bike out after Christmas and found that he was breathless and unable to ride the Narrows Bridge. About 10 days after that, he took the day off work to go to the doctors, which concerned Trish because Michael never took time off. He was very rarely unwell. Um, so he went to the doctor who then contacted, contacted him shortly afterwards with a request to go back to see him to get the results. And the result was that his lung was full of fluid and needed to be drained. A scan later that week revealed a cancerous tumour in Michael's lung. He bravely fought for 10 months, but sadly lost his battle in November 2017. Now, having insurances in place allowed Trish to stop work the day he was diagnosed, and it also enabled her later on to go back part-time between May and November in that year, which gave them precious time together. And without insurances, it was time they simply would never have had. When the cancer diagnosis came, having insurances in place also allowed them both to focus on the enormity of the health event itself and the stress that goes with that. What Trish also shared with me was that they also came very close to not being insured a few years earlier had it not been for Trish stopping Michael when he went to consolidate his super. At that time, he was understandably looking to reduce the number of funds that he had, simplify his situation and reduce the fees he was paying. What he didn't realise was that if he'd closed off his fund, he would have automatically cancelled his insurance owned by his super fund. So Trisha's warning here is that it's really important to first check what you have before making any changes and seriously consider opting in to automatic cover when you join a new employer. Now in Michael's case, he had a pre-existing condition because he'd had a melanoma removed when he was 18 that he didn't really think a lot about at that time. This meant that automatic cover or that default cover was essential for him because melanoma would have been excluded where underwriting was required. So that existing cover, which he nearly inadvertently canceled, 
formed a vital part of that overall picture to meet their priorities and needs at that time. Now, the year before Michael was diagnosed, he'd raised his concerns about the amount they were forking out on insurance premiums because the premiums had gone up a lot in those, in those years and have continued to do so. And I have no doubt that that's a conversation that's being repeated all around kitchen tables around Australia. What Trish and Michael did at that time was they sat down and they talked about what they were protecting. Neither of them realising how soon they would be calling on all of them. Trish cautions people from being influenced by general chatter about what others are doing because they don't necessarily understand your situation and how to best match your needs. That's what we do as financial planners. So she encourages people to seek advice from someone who can explain the implications of their decisions. So I asked Trish what her thoughts were given the fact that insurance premiums have gone up a lot in recent years and her advice for those that feel they can't afford personal insurances is resolute. You can afford some, figure out which events are a priority and then put some in place. She also believes that people do have options to make insurances more affordable and we did touch on some of these earlier. You can own life and TPD and income protection through your super. Income protection outside of super is tax deductible and Trish also encourages people to put some trauma insurance in place when they're young and healthy. Now, Trish decided to share her story because she knows that it can and will happen to other people. She has lived through what happened with her dad when he didn't have insurances or his estate planning in order versus living through Michael and hers experience where they did have things in place. So her personal experience has understandably shaped her view that insurance doesn't make the loss of the person any less traumatic. It just makes a component of the stress evaporate because it offers financial certainty. Now, Michael took a lot of heart in the fact that Trish and her daughter had that financial certainty. And indeed, his last words to Trish were, I know you'll be okay. I hope that by sharing Trish's story, has helped to cement why personal insurances really do matter. That's it from me for this episode. In the next episode, we'll be exploring the foundations of superannuation. In the meantime, stay safe and take care.